welcome to Mimosas with Moms. I'm your host, Abby Williams, and today I am joined by Dr. Nicole Sapphire, um, a breast cancer doctor at Memorial Sloan Kettering in New York. Welcome, Nicole. Thanks, Abby. I'm excited to be here. Um, so, Nicole, kind of tell us a little bit about your motherhood uh, journey. Oh, geez. All right. Well, that goes <laughs> back nearly 20 years at this point. So how much time do we have? But um, all joking aside, I, I definitely didn't take the traditional route when it came to motherhood. Um, I was between my junior and senior years of high school that I found out I was pregnant. Not Definitely not the most uh, planned event of my life. Uh, but nonetheless, we charged forward. I had my son my spring semester of senior year of high school. And, um, you know, we've been going ever since. Um, he um, is now 19 years old. He is a sophomore in college himself. And I also have two little guys now who just started kindergarten and second grade. So collectively, I've been a mom for about 19 years, and I'm exhausted, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> I'm kind of going to follow in those same footsteps. <laughs> so, and, yes, so, so you graduated high school. To my one- yeah. Yes. So you graduated no, high ahead. school, and then you went on to college. Yes, yeah, so we didn't skip a beat. Yeah. I kind of thought, so I had him in April. Yeah. And then I actually had a, I graduated high school in May. Mm-hmm. And then I had my third ACL surgery on my knee in July. And then we started college in September. So it was a busy summer, nonetheless. <laughs> um, I started college on crutches and breastfeeding, not opportune. However, I, I kind of had the mentality that if I took time off or I didn't just go straight, you know, that I, I may not finish because that happens to so many people yeah. that, you know, they they just take a little break or they, you know, they think they're waiting for a better time and often that better time doesn't come. And yeah. I didn't want to, I didn't want to fall into that. So what did you get your undergrad in? Well, I was, so I'm born and raised in Arizona. Yeah. And I was supposed to be going to New York for undergrad. However, given my pregnancy, the thought of being a single mother in New York in college didn't sound uh, feasible. I didn't really <laughs> think they'd let me take my newborn to the dorm that I was planning on going to. Yeah. So I stayed home um, locally at Arizona State so I could have the um, help of my parents and my siblings and everyone else that I've known since the day I was born, which was the right thing to do. Yes. And then you went on to med school. Yeah, another one of those. I can't skip a beat. Um, <laughs> it was interesting. I, I was graduating, well, I was my junior year of college, and I had always wanted to be a DO, a doctor of osteopathic medicine, yeah. um, because my family my family doctor had always been a DO, and that's just kind of what I saw. It was a great, you know, mix, Western and Eastern medicine, had a holistic approach while also, you know, practicing what I thought very to be good medicine, um, but my Italian grandmother, one day, I remember very clearly, I was actually in the restroom, and I was just talking to her, saying, I got into osteopathic school. I was so excited. 
excited. And her words to me was, well, is that still almost like being a doctor? Like, wait, what? <laughs> Hold on a second. I know it's old. she's old school, but a DO, you know, do, do I really need that MD behind my name to... You know, get that approval of the matriarch of my family. And yeah. although the answer is no, somewhere deep in my soul, ridden with Catholic guilt, I was like, I have to be an MD. <laughs> my grandmother doesn't know what a DO is. And so I w- went to my advisor the next day, and they said, I said, all right, I, I want to apply for allopathic schools, the MD schools. And obviously, I'm late to the game at this point because. You know, I had already gone through the whole interview process and all that. And so she said, well, you can either take a year off from school and reapply, or you could look into one of the non-traditional schools that start on off-seasons. And again, staying with my same mantra, I can't take time off because if I do, there's a chance that I'm not going to make it. At this point, my son is now 3-4. I'm three or four, I'm working 30 hours a week. I'm still studying. Like, I can't stop. If I stop, I'm going to lose the momentum. So um, I looked at all of my um, opportunities, and I found a a non-traditional school that um, we, my advisor forwarded them all of my transcripts and my scores and everything and they essentially did a phone interview a skype interview and said you can start in three weeks if you can fly to the west indies to be here like i don't even know where the west indies was (laughs) (laughs) but it sounded like a good idea at the time yeah (laughs) so i did That's what I did. I left my son at home with my mom because I had no idea what to expect. I flew to a third world country. I mean, luckily the school was American. It was owned by DeVry. So um, I knew that it was legit, you know, had the accreditation, um, but I just didn't know the environment it was in. So I went there the first semester um, and kind of realized if I ever wanted to bring my son there, immediately I would not be able to go to class because we were in class from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. And then I studied until about 10 p.m. at night. So I just I, ha- I made a deal with my professors and I said, I want to bring my son here because they had a little school for all the professors on the island. Yeah. It's a little British-run school, and I so I said, I really want to bring my son here. However, I won't be able to go to class. Like, I need to study while he's in school, and that's the only way I could make it. And they said, that's impossible. You're not going to be able to do this. And then I made a little wager, and I said, if I get a decent score on these exams, will you consider me not coming to class? And um, out of the... The test was, I think it was about 130 questions. Yeah. I missed one. And so they agreed to let me not come to class. <laughs> so and of course, everything that you're doing is the non-traditional here. route. <laughs> yeah, everything. Yeah. I, I mean, I just like to keep things interesting. Yeah. But of course, of course, when I said to my dad that, Dad, Dad, the first exam, 130 questions, I only missed one. And what, what does every father say at that point? Well, what was the question you missed? <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Most people think that's pretty great. It's okay. <laughs> anyway, so long story short, he I brought my son with me. I stopped going to class, and I did quite well. 
Yeah, you graduated with highest honors. Yep, I, I, uh, although I would love to say I was number one in my class, yeah. I was a solid number two in my class <laughs> of about 200 people. Yeah, and this is, you know, starting at 18 years old, your motherhood journey, not ever taking a day off of school, um, you know, going on pushing through, going to medical school, and you graduate with highest honors, number two in your class. How did you do it? You know, I think everyone has everyone has it in them to reach their goals. Yeah. As long as they just, you know, have faith in themselves. And, you know, I, I had a ton of support. I am from a large family and, you know, they were just always there if I ever needed them. And, um, you know, it's really hard to do anything alone. But, you know, it's not impossible, but I will tell you, you should never hesitate to reach out to the people around you because it's your friends, your colleagues, your family that really will lift you up to be the person you're meant to be. So you've had a pretty remarkable support system to kind of keep you going, but you also have this drive inside of you, I think, that really helps you keep going. you know, my husband always says that, that the world needs type A people mm-hmm. just as much as they need type B people. And I guess I fit into that type A people. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's good. You know, you need the people who are constantly looking for what's next. And then you need those type B people, which is my oldest son, who's going to balance that. Because if you're always just going, going, going you're never actually taking time to stop and smell the flowers. So there has to be a balance in life. And I I love those type B people in my lives that really help balance me. So kind of talk about what it was like. So I, I too started my motherhood journey at a young age and kind of went through a lot of these similar steps. And I kind of always talk about how I feel like I grew up with my son do you kind of feel feel that same way? Oh, of course. I mean, most kids are doing, you know, they're experimenting, they're learning a right. ton when they're in college and then they're mid-20s, and that was when I was in my prime with a young child. And, <laughs> you know, now I'm sure you can relate. So now yeah. I have two younger kids. Yes. And I, I just feel... Much like I'm adulting much more. (laughs) It is just like completely different, like parenting the older one as being a young mom. And then like you kind of go through all these hard life lessons and you get to where you are. And now you're like having more children. It is a completely different situation going on, right? Well, and it's funny because, you know, I have these conversations with my older son. Yeah. Or so like certain things will happen with my younger kids. I'm like, why don't I remember that back then? Like that happening with my oldest son. And yeah. I'm like, I think I was just in survival mode. 100. Like every day <laughs> for years that I, I just have blocked out a lot. And I'm like, which makes me kind of sad. Cause I'm like, on one hand, I'm just, I, I feel like I miss some of those memories, not because I wasn't present, but I just think mentally, you know, I, 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 I wish that I could have given a little bit more mentally then. Um, 
as I'm doing now, I'm a little bit more aware of things. And I think I was just so desperate to make sure I didn't resort to being an unfavorable statistic of someone who got pregnant in high school that I was just pushing, pushing, pushing just to make sure that that wasn't going to be me. And I think I didn't stop to smell the roses um, much for that, for about 10 years. So now that your son is kind of at the age where you were when you were starting your motherhood journey, what is like the relationship that you have with him now or how do you kind of teach him now? I don't want to say, you know, not to like follow in the same footsteps, but. I mean, I, I would hope that would be obvious. Yes. Yes. (laughs) But, um, you know, I, I fall, I would love to say that I'm handling this swimmingly, but you know, I definitely see myself like, well, maybe you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't compare him to where you were because I found myself, you know, there was a class he was struggling with this, his first year of college. And I just, I got very frustrated with him. I'm like, all you have to do is go to class. You know, and I sounded like the curmudgeon, you know, yeah. oh, when I was your age. Yeah. Like, when I was your age, I was working 30 hours. I was on crutches. I was breastfeeding. <laughs> and then I came home to you. Like, yeah. Like, all you have to do is study. And I don't really think that's the right way to go about it. Yeah. Um, and so I, I catch myself saying stuff like that every now and then and I don't think that's the right thing to do because it's not you know <laughs> it's not his fault that I did all of that that's right. not normal right. what, what is normal is a, a freshman struggling in a class his first time away from home and so you know I try to keep things in perspective and you know I think just leading by example I don't I think that he would do take every measure not to be in the same situation that I was in at his age, and I would hope so. But you've also been this very remarkable kind of role model for him, you know, where life didn't maybe necessarily deal me the best deck of cards or the easiest hand, but here I am, I overcame, I still went on and did great things, and I'm doing great things, And I think that, you know, those are very, like, powerful teaching things as a parent to be able to kind of show our children. I absolutely agree. And I think leading by example is the best form of doing anything. The only thing that I would hesitate to say is that I personally try to be careful that, you know, I don't make it seem like, well, I did this overcoming all of these obstacles therefore if you do anything less you're inferior and so I think I think you can have people even if you know I or whoever is not necessarily exuding that I think you have some people who may have an insecurity around the people who have overcome such obstacles so you really you know you got to be careful and I I really try and be careful with my son even though again I'm not handling it perfectly um (laughs) But We're all I, a work in I'm progress, working, right? right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what is like some advice I think that you would give to young moms or young people that might be in similar situations? You know, I it's sad for me 
when there's an unwanted pregnancy or just an, an unfavorable situation at all that that people feel so trapped yeah and that they, they feel like they're they, they have to do you know either they have to have an abortion or they have to do something else because there's not another alternative they don't see you know they don't see the light they just see it as a really bad situation and I just hope that if you know my small story of success and the greater scheme of things can um, inspire or motivate or even just help one person not feel that they are just boxed in that's all I could ever hope for and I just hope that people know that um, you, there's always a way you know as humans we're, we're really remarkable creatures and although certain situations may just seem dire and you know like we just want to crawl up into a ball and cry in our closet I'm not saying that I don't do that ever <laughs> but you know but it's like there there is a light and you just have to find it and you have to garner the support around you whether it's a stranger whether it's a family member um, there's always support out there to help you do what it is you want to do I totally agree. Well, Nicole, it was so nice talking with you. Um, where well, can great. my listeners and followers find you? Well, I'd love to stay on the beach somewhere, but that's hardly <laughs> the case. Uh, so I, so I'm, I work full-time at Sloan Kettering. Yeah. I have a book coming out January 2020. Yeah, tell us about your that. book. Well, I'm not going to reveal the title oh. quite yet, okay. but it's coming out with HarperCollins <laughs> Publishing. Yeah. I'm very excited about it. It's all about health care and kind of holding people accountable for their decisions in life. Yeah. And um, so you'll be able to look for it. I have a website, uh, NicoleSapphireMD.com. Sapphire sounds like the stone, but not spelled like the stone. So it's S-A-P-H-I-E-R. And you're going to find me on Instagram and Twitter, and I'm part of the whole social media verse, just like everyone else these days. <laughs> it's the only way to live, right? <laughs> well, I don't know. Make fun of me for it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Um, well, you'll have to keep us updated on your, when your book is released, and uh, I'll plug it on my social media as well. Um, All right. Thanks, Abby. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Alrighty, bye-bye everyone. Did you enjoy this episode? Please leave a five-star rating and review and be sure to tell your friends. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Mimosas with Moms and you can email me at the number two mimosamoms at gmail.com.